0: We've been told to live like Jesus, but have we learned how to truly do that? The Bible is full of nuance and truth that can be lost in translation if read without context, and we want to help you navigate it. This is the Icon Podcast, a community of trained readers reflecting Jesus with Michael Burns and Jason Alexander, and I'm your host, Gianna Hearn. Today, we'll be back in Mark chapter two, focusing on verses 23 through 28. But before we get there, what's up, guys?
1: Top of the morning to ya
0: Yes How festive ye be Would that be correct
1: Yeah well do you know what the actual Proper Response to top of the morning is
0: Blow of the Evening to ya I don't know now,
1: What <laughs> <laughs> Did you say blow off the evening <laughs>
0: I said below of the evening, but you couldn't tell by my fabulous be- below, Irish accent.
2: Below. Yeah, I got you. That
1: was a fabulous accent. Was was that an Irish accent?
0: No, it sounded like an island accent, but it was tr- supposed to be <laughs> okay. Irish. Yeah. Did you but,
2: say?
1: By the way, in there? Yeah. you're 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 incredibly professional, Gia, as you talk in between throwing chips into your mouth. Like that's
0: no, I'm super done with the impressive. chips and guac. I am now eating a clementine, Michael.
1: Oh, you I was just eating a clementine. Tech. We're we're on the same page. You know, it's that energy for the episode. But no, uh, top of the morning, the proper response is, and the rest of the day to you. Oh, Now you know. I like
0: it. And yeah. you know
1: today is a double holiday, right? On the day that we're recording, when people listen to this, it will be passed. <laughs> but as we record it, because we had to record this episode a little bit early, um, because of our schedules. It is a double holiday. Gianna, Jason, what is the double holiday today? Yep. St. Patrick's first day of day. spring. Well, you can't even get one? No, it's not the first day of spring. I
0: though. don't know, Michael. Was- we know it's St. Patrick's Day. That's a holiday. Okay,
1: that's one. That's okay. St. Patrick's Day. Uh, a wonderful early Christian, St. Patrick, not you know. It's a shame that we celebrate him with revelry and drinking, but he was actually a really cool guy with a really cool life story. That's one holiday. What's the other one? It is a season that begins today. In fact, had I checked our schedules better, I would not have scheduled a recording while this is beginning
0: all right, Michael, you stumped us. We don't uh, know. We're stumped. not as smart as you.
1: It's March Madness. Oh, oh right, madness. of course. NCAA tournament. That is a holiday for me.
0: It is, and you're yeah. probably busting your bracket already.
1: Um, I've already lost. A, yeah, we're we're like four hours into the tournament, and I've already lost one <laughs> of my big upset picks. Uh, that I, because you know, how every year a lower seed goes through to like, you know, maybe the Sweet Sixteen. Well, I picked a thirteen seed, and they fizzled mm. fabulously in the first round already. So, thank you very much, South Dakota State.
0: <laughs> Jason doesn't have much to say on March Madness. It seems I, but I you're a pro top
2: fan. You, you know, well, like NBA. Jason is like likes my,
1: the ballet.
2: Yeah, no, to, I. So you know, I, I, my obsession with the NBA is uh, right up against the the border of idolatry. But I have <laughs> never, my whole life, like, and I, you know, I went to a Big Ten school. Like, I have never gotten excited about NCAA. And everyone says, well, it's better in the NBA because they try harder. I think no, they're they're not as good as the <laughs> NBA. Like, it is not the, is nearly as fun as the NBA, but that's just my. So I always feel like such a out an outsider when March Madness comes around because I just have no Ugh. idea what's happening.
1: But but Jason With,
2: Wisconsin's involved, right?
1: Yes, I, that's what okay. I was going to ask, Jason. Yeah. What what Big Ten school did you go to?
2: University of Wisconsin.
1: There you go. Yep. And do you know who I have picked to go to the final four this year?
2: Do you really? Oh, U- yeah. UW. Oh, wow. Good for you. And I know
1: two people who have them picked to win it all. That's awesome.
0: Are you interested yes. now?
2: Nah. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I only, the only uh, reminder I have of the University of Wisconsin is the is the student loan that I have to pay off. That's about, <laughs> about it.
1: Well, you know they won the national championship two years ago, so yeah, they're I'm trying to. I'm not an to, idiot. I, I remember get, that. Yeah. Yes. They well. did. A lot of people would dispute that, but they won the the year that everything was canceled because of COVID. Yep. ESPN ran a computer simulation, and the Badgers won the national championship. I, I remember. My son yep. actually, yeah, Elijah actually has a national championship shirt from that. Yeah. It's amazing.
2: Dude, I, I remember what year was it when they played? Was it Duke with with uh, Okafor? 15. Yeah. 15, yeah. I Did
1: you say
0: Okafor? Akifor? What's his name? Oh, jeez. Oh,
1: Okafor. Geez. He turned Okafor. it into Okafor. a water reservoir, but. Yeah. <laughs> Aquifer. O- so what,
0: Okafor. Okafor.
2: What you Okafor. I remember but his. You- he gives Kawhi a run for his money in terms of finger length. That dude has some big yeah. hands.
1: But let's not bring up 2015. That's a painful memory for me as a Badger fan. Gee, don't we need to start in on the scriptures now? Because we don't want to talk about 2015 tournament when the Badgers were up (laughs) by 10 with seven minutes to go and blew the national championship. So let's get into Mark.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to interrupt you guys, but no one can get a word in when you talk. Yeah, no, just yeah. kidding. Yeah, let's get let's get into Mark and actually, Jason, are you prepared to read this passage? Because Michael's not prepared last episode to yeah. read. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. push it
0: to you, starting Mark two verse twenty
1: three. I Mark feel shamed. You should. No, <laughs> not ashamed. Shamed.
0: Yes, I know what you said. Okay. All right. And I was okay. shaming.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> well, mission accomplished then. Take let's it, Jason. See. Let's see. Let me.
2: Um, okay. Here we go. Let's use. Let's look at the revised English Bible. Uh, one Sabbath, he was going through the cornfields, and as they went along, his disciples began to pluck ears of corn. The Pharisees said to him, Why are they doing what is forbidden on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his men were hungry and had nothing to eat? He went into the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the sacred bread, though no one but a priest is allowed to eat it, and he even gave it to his men. He also said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Uh, yeah. So I've chosen that translation because they've, they've made a lot of interpretive moves, uh, that, uh, for us. Uh, so we, we'll, we can, uh, we can talk through some of those as we go forward, but, uh, very interesting.
0: So we're in our reading glasses on phase here. Step one.
1: Yeah. Um, Step one. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously the the star of this is Sabbath over and yeah, over again. Well, S- Sabbath yeah. and. And uh, so, so that jumps out at me. And again, we, we have Jesus kind of doing the unexpected here, doing what would, you know, identify him with the outsider, with the marginalized, certainly would not what their expectation would be for somebody who is righteous or the Messiah. I think in their mind, the Messiah would be the perfect law, uh, upholder of the law. And so Jesus is um, not doing that. So that's kind of what jumps out at me as I as I read it. And there's obviously this allusion to a story with David uh, that Jesus is is making the point, explaining what he's doing. So that's what that's the first glance there for me.
0: Yeah, I definitely picked up the same things. I questioned, Do I understand the word Sabbath? And if I was on my own right now, studying, I would probably take some time before I continued on in the passage. Um, And then just this idea that Jesus continues to bring up parables or instances or characters that the Pharisees would understand and would get like bringing up David to me would signify something to the Pharisees and maybe perk their ears up a little bit more. Um, Because obviously Jesus knows the word, the scriptures himself. And I think that's sometimes the Pharisees, you know, they try to catch him on little things. So I think when he brings up things that they can understand and um, that they would be experts on and knowing, it's always interesting to me. But I mean, verse 27, 28 is one of my favorite things. So I'm sure we'll get to much on that, but I have a lot of thoughts there.
1: And I, And I find it yeah. interesting for today as well, just because the I think interest in Sabbath oh, it's huge itself right now. and in yeah. taking Sabbath has really become trendy again. And so, yeah. um, that's, that's interesting to me as far as, uh, why that is, um, what's driving that is a, you know, a different heart towards the Sabbath or are there things here that would encourage that or challenge that, um, it's interesting to me in general, because if you read like the first century, uh, late first century, early second, third century church, they were actually quite uh, critical of observing Sabbath and had reasons for that. So that's all kind of an interesting discussion.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep, exactly. This is like... I feel like every day I'm having a discussion with someone. It's been like that for a while now about Sabbath observance and, um, yep. It's now, um, it's now uh, for, for many, even people here, they're big, big advocates of, uh, um, you know, the Friday sundown, uh, to Saturday sundown, uh, day of rest. So that's, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, um, my, you know, just reading like the reading glasses, uh, point, my, my, I wonder, like, what, what are they doing that's breaking the Sabbath? Like, what, it doesn't right, seem right, like right. It, it's just, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're eating. eating. Yeah. They're eating. I mean, they're, they're, they're walking through a field and there's, there's food there and they, they grab it and eat it. And it, it really has gotten, uh this the sabbath um uh strict sabbath observant uh sabbath keepers they're they're upset by it so that would be like what what what's so bad about what they're doing would be my first question
1: yeah
0: yeah i think that's always what i think when i <laughs> sometimes when i read the old testament i'm like but why like this seems yeah, extreme.
2: Right. <laughs> right yeah yeah Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Especially because uh, in in most of our discussions now about Sabbath, we're we're talking about rest and enjoyment, and I'll even hear a lot of people talk about love making with their spouse and wine drinking, and you know, just uh, sheer um, uh, you know entrance into the the restfulness of of, of life and of God, and so. Here we have people like you are not even allowed to eat corn, <laughs> like none of that uh, on the Sabbath. So it's it's, um, yeah, obviously there is something else going on here.
1: But um, so are
0: we ready to move on to step two? Hopping in the time machine?
1: Let's do it. Let's get yeah. the DeLorean.
2: Yep, flux capacitor. What was the date? Um, m- was it March? 15th, 1955.
1: Was that the date on the flux capacitor? It was definitely more 1955.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, I don't yep. know what
0: you're talking about. So. Goodness gracious. Gianna.
2: That's, that's just depressing. Look, I was born what? in
0: 1990. That sounds about like 40 years after whatever you're talking about. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. It's a movie called Back oh. to the Future, which I believe was made in 1985. Have heard that.
0: I have heard of that.
2: Eighty-five. Yep, because it was per- yes. exactly thirty years into the past, and then part two was thirty years into the future.
0: Let's not let my lack of knowledge steer us off course here. <laughs> okay.
2: We could do a whole episode on that. That's that's. Uh, Think started. about okay. that
1: just for a moment, though. That that there's more time between nineteen eighty-five and today than eighty-five right. and when he went all the way back to fifty-five.
2: I, anyways, I've, I've recently thought okay. about that. Yeah. Um. They predicted the Cubs championship too. All right. That's right. So, um, the, so, all right. Trying to enter into some of the, the details of an, an early reader or the setting of Jesus. So obviously there, there are some, uh, there are some cultural, uh, things happening here. Um, and the, the debate about the Sabbath was was heated in jesus' day. there There were uh, there are all kinds of um, uh, writings and law available from uh, a time not too far after Jesus about what's permitted on the Sabbath. Um, it's kind of like what we were talking about in our last episode because the concern was to honor it, to to you know preserve it. And you know, when the when the command to do do no work or to rest on the Sabbath uh was given, you know, people want to make sure that they they don't uh, desecrate the Sabbath by working. Um and there there actually is um there is teaching. Uh, let's see, Exodus 34, verse 21. So kind of uh, going back through the law after Israel with the golden calf episode. Uh, and it's, it's there we learn harvesting or reaping is forbidden on the Sabbath. And it looks like to these uh, Pharisees, uh, looking on Jesus's disciples actions that they're they're harvesting and and, and thereby violating the command of God and so um it, the impulse I suppose is good but it's misguided um so so there's that uh but you know for for it, it's it's pretty well established that uh, at least two of the key identity markers for a jew living in in, uh, in Palestine, or Jew in general, in, in Jesus' day, uh, was Sabbath. Uh, and then uh, circumcision would be a, a, another big one. Uh, but these are what set you apart as being uh, the, the people of God, Sabbath observance. And it, it wasn't only a, a religious idea, it was a, it was a matter of national pride, <laughs> it's, a, it's a matter of identity. So whatever whatever uh Jesus' disciples are doing, and it's interesting because it's not Jesus doing it, it's the disciples. Um, they're they're perceived as um Jesus is the one who takes the heat, but he's perceived as uh, you know, his movement is subversive. His disciples, obviously, he doesn't keep them in line, he doesn't teach them uh, about the Sabbath because they're just going about desecrating it. Um so, yeah, and and um, there, there are also what's r- really puzzling about this. You know, we had a discussion in our last episode about the heart of the to- Torah, heart of the teaching, heart of, of the laws. Um, and there are several laws that, uh, well, I shouldn't say several. There's at least three places, two in Leviticus, one in Deuteronomy, where um, doing this kind of thing is permitted even encouraged that uh you're to leave your grain um uncut so that uh someone walking through might have something to eat <laughs> so um so there's a real um controversy i think brewing here
1: mm. And it seems, Jason, like there's another one of those examples we talked about in the last episode of uh, using aspects of Scripture as either a fence or a sidewalk to right. lead to God, that here's another example of the Pharisees setting up uh, a really specific fence. Hey. You've stepped outside. You're outside now. you're you're an outsider rather than seeing the Sabbath as yeah. something to to lead people towards an understanding of God or of the coming Messiah or what have you.
2: Yes, yep. yeah, and you know it's this uh, you know stringent um, uh, keeping of the law of the Sabbath. Uh, I think it was William, William Lane, he, he mentions, I think he uses a language like it, it exceeds the intention of the very law. Like it's almost like they, they blew right past the idea of the Sabbath uh, in their anxiety to preserve it, um, which is, you know, just another instance of bad Bible reading. Uh, you you can read it and get it right and be totally wrong at the same time, which we've talked about a lot with Locke.
0: And I think that's why we see it in verse 27 and 28, what the scripture says, like when what you just noted, Jason, just blowing by what it was actually intended for. Um, And I, you know, I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but just this idea that, The Sabbath is really for us. (laughs) Like, it's not for God, it's for us. Like, and that's a lot of the times when I'm studying with people, most of what, if not everything, of what God tells us is for our benefit, for our safety, for our security, for you know, our eternity, all these different things, it's all for us, not for him. Because what does God need necessarily? The Sabbath isn't for him. And so uh, they obviously must have been losing sight of that. As as you pointed out, they were missing the heart of why oh, God right. does this, because he loves us and knows that this would be beneficial for us.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's the difference between a positive description of the sabbath versus uh, in the negative uh, i don't know if that language is is, is perfect but but where while while the these pharisees are concerned to keep the command and in their in their keeping the command they have to identify what shouldn't be done and so you know, all of the things that constitute work. Um, you know, my, my wife has worked in, uh, hotel sales, uh, you know, like event space sales for, uh, she still does, um, for a, a long time. And, uh, she, she was in, working in a hotel in Skokie, uh, in Chicago, which is a large Jewish community, um, in Skokie. And, I think I remember her describing the um I, I don't know if you're familiar with this but the the um the Sabbath elevator have you heard of this like um
1: yeah yeah I so, saw so him in when we were in Israel absolutely
2: yeah okay, so it's and, and this is and and i'm not i'm not uh i'm not making a judgment about this, but it's just an example of how um you know when something's important, you take care to be, you know, very, very, uh, to identify how you preserve, uh, preserve it. And so like, you know, let, the, let,
1: Jason, let me do, let me describe it real quick. The, yes, please. the Shabbat or Sabbath elevator is basically an elevator in a building that is set on, um, from Friday night to Saturday night during Sabbath. And it just stops at every single floor and opens right. up. So why? if you want to go, so that what they actually have is, at least in the hotel we were in, they, they had like a regular elevator, and then they had next to it a Sabbath one. So it yep. would open on the first floor, go up to the second floor, open the door, stay there for a minute, close, go up to the third floor, open, yep. and just yep. keep going up and down like that so that they didn't have to push buttons.
2: And what, why would pushing a button be be a violation of the Sabbath?
1: I believe it has to do with sparking a fire, right? Yeah, it's, kindling yeah, a fire. I like yeah. am yeah, so
0: confused and the, baffled the right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so the the light, if you press
2: the button and it lights up, you've kindled a fire, which is explicitly said you should, you know you don't kindle a fire on the Sabbath. And so, um, you know, it's it's that kind of reading. Um, you know, you're thinking about how do we make sure we don't break the command. But Jesus' understanding is, okay, let's first think about what is the command about? What's the idea? Which you kind of brought up, G, like it, 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 there's there's something in it that is a blessing. Jesus does this over and over. Remember in Mark, well, we haven't gotten there yet, but in Mark 10, uh, with marriage, he's like, you know, Moses says in the law, and then Jesus, is like, yeah, but let's think about marriage for a second. Let's think about the creation of human beings and where marriage fits. So Jesus is always challenging uh, his dialogue partners to think about the intentions, uh, the 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 logic of these commands, and 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 what they mean, uh, because that unfortunately is the thing that the Pharisees seem to miss over and over in the gospel is what they mean. They're very good at at understanding it and keeping the law, but they miss the the the, the logic or the, the deeper meaning. Um, and and what's interesting is Jesus doesn't offer a biblical defense of why his disciples can eat grain. On the Sabbath, he doesn't say, "Well, you know, Leviticus 19, um, Deuteronomy 23." He doesn't like go into some scriptural debate. He does what he's done several times, and he'll do. We we looked at Mark 12 for our first episode, and it, it's the same word again. He 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 does this here, like he does it there. He says, "Have you not read?" And then he he proposes. A story that's not a defense of their actions, but rather a story about something similar. Um, uh, something similar, uh, but the emphasis is not on the action, but on, uh, in this case, David. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's worth reading those verses, but it's um, uh, first. Samuel twenty, it'd be First Samuel twenty-one, uh, the first six verses of First Samuel twenty-one. Uh, do do you guys re- remember that story at all? Are you? I, do you have I, it? On, I can read I'm, it. Uh, would, I'll, okay, I'll let's read just read it, it. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great.
1: First Samuel twenty-one. David went to Nob to Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech uh, trembled when he met him and asked, "Why are you alone? Why is no one with you?" David answered Ahimelech the priest. The king sent me on a mission and said to me, no one is to know anything about the mission I am sending you on. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered, David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us, as usual, whenever I set out. The men's bodies are holy, even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away.
2: Yeah, yeah, so all right there's a there's a number of connections to this episode, and you know with the disciples walking through the grain field. Um, uh, you know the the, the uh, Jesus' uh, you know um, uh, mention of this story of David involves uh, the breaking of a law um, or breaking of a a rule about the bread of presence, uh, which is, uh, you know, sits for seven days and then is exchanged uh, with fresh bread. Um, and you, you can look at this. Um, it's it's nothing really about the story of David that, you know, nothing says it's the Sabbath or that the reason Jesus is bringing it up because of the Sabbath. Uh, although the bread does from Leviticus 24, we learn it is changed on Looks like it's changed on the Sabbath. So that that's the the it's implied, I suppose, that uh, what David did, he did on the Sabbath. But it's this breach of law that uh, that uh, that Jesus wants to bring up. Um, and so, yeah, that's a question: Were the disciples breaking the law uh, on the Sabbath by what they were doing? Um, Jesus never says they're not. He instead points to this story about David. And the and for Jesus, I think, um, I'd be curious to see what you guys think, but I I think the emphasis is not on what David did, but that it was David. That David um being, you know, this, you know treasured figure from Israel's past, you know, the, 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 the great king of, uh, of Israel, the great monarch, uh, was able to override a, a rule, uh, because he was, and it doesn't say they were hungry, but be, because, um, uh, because he wanted food. Um, Yeah. And so it seems like that's what Jesus is drawing attention to. Like, David did it. Like, how come David got to do it? Uh, David broke the the rules. And so it creates a kind of problem for the Pharisee. Uh, Have you not read? And he's, he's, so he's challenging them to, to, to grasp the tension between law keeping and understanding the law. So, which they really had
1: to. Can I just say that really had to irritate him, by the way, when Jesus kept yeah. saying, have you not read?
2: And <laughs> have you not read? Yeah, because you know they did, right? Right. Like, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I
1: find that funny.
0: And it's funny because that's kind of their question. Like, have you not read? Why are you breaking a line? <laughs> he exactly. comes back with, like, have you not read?
2: Right, right.
0: Let me help you clearly understand what my father's saying.
2: Yes, yeah. Yeah, It. It. it's... Jesus's point will be that um, in Matthew's account of this uh, 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 even shines a little bit more light. Ma- Matthew's uh, more expansive in this little story, um, uh, which might be worth looking at in a few moments, the, the differences. But, but um, it's almost as if what Jesus is trying to say is like, David did this in a moment of need. He ate bread that, you know, you're not allowed to just go and take the bread of presents because you're hungry um, and eat it. But, and it never says that David, I don't think it said David gives it to his men, uh, but it's implied because apparently there were men with him. Uh, But I think Jesus' point is if David did this, then I can at least do what David did. So it's really a statement, not just about the Sabbath, but about the, who Jesus understands himself to be um, uh, that he's, he's making claims about uh, what he's able to do um, based on what David did. Uh, And he did this earlier in chapter two, we skipped over it, but he forgives a man's sins. (laughs) Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is kind of like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) exactly. Another way of saying like, (laughs) I am Israel's God. Um, and so Jesus is uh, is setting up himself like to be seen as something greater than David, which is quite a a bold move.
0: Um, yeah, I think okay. it's interesting whenever we're uh, you know mirroring Jesus against Moses or David yes, to to yes. people that find them very you know important to their faith or. It just to Israel in general in the Old Testament, so that's why that is what I picked up on at the very beginning with the reading glasses on. I was like, it's so funny how Jesus is bringing up David as yeah. an example.
2: Yes, must mean yes,
0: something. Yes. So you you cleared it up for me in a way that was like, that's that's what I felt but couldn't really figure out yet.
2: Yeah, and it's right. It, same. It, you you sense in your gut that Jesus is making a claim uh, that's bigger than just about Sabbath observance. He's taking the opportunity to describe what, uh, what the Sabbath is, I suppose, but, but who, uh, who gave it? <laughs> so, so there's a, um, there, this, it, it's not, I guess, uh, the, the, the key is what you said in verse 27, where he goes on to say that, you know, uh, and this is a really involved, uh, uh, discussion, I suppose, but like, yeah, the son of man, Uh, is Lord of the Sabbath Sabbath is for man and the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Um, But uh, yeah, there is a Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, So apparently that Lord has the freedom to, uh, to make decisions about how Sabbath is kept. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anything to add, or I'll blast through to some more uh, interesting things here.
1: Well, I have, I have some thoughts and questions, but why Please. don't we keep going right now? No, okay. no, no, let's let's keep going.
2: Okay, so I, I mentioned that what Jesus does is he, he, he describes that the Sabbath isn't just some rule to be kept. It's not just something, a feather in your cap to say, look, we've kept it. Uh, It's bigger than just like some identity marker. It in fact is a signal of a coming or larger reality. And it's given uh, for the benefit of humanity. It's given to, and and he's, he's, he's drawing no doubt on uh, uh, Deuteronomy's uh, account of this Deuteronomy chapter five, which is slightly different than Exodus 20, the 10, the two, um, Uh, The two accounts of the Ten Words, the the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5 uh, are different when it comes to the Sabbath. And uh, Deuteronomy uh, has a slightly more... um, uh, Uh, social dimension to it. Uh, it, It's it's a gift for human beings. And the prophets really pick up on this kind of social moral dimension of the Sabbath, that it doesn't matter if you're just keeping the Sabbath because the Sabbath is about uh, knocking off chains and lifting up the oppressed. And you'll see Jesus doing things. We're not going to get to it, but in chapter three where he's healing on the Sabbath, like Jesus sees the Sabbath as a an indication of a the reign of God that uh, that Sabbath really is is described not as a day that is kept but a, a, alone but as a gift of of rest and repose that humans might uh, be uh, set right and experience the shalom of God. And now that that idea is deep and it's probably more than we have have. Uh, time for. But let me just say this. Um, it, the Genesis chapter 1, um, and the, the way that the rest of God, the word Sabbath isn't used in Genesis. Well, it's Genesis 2. It's part of the, the first account of creation. But Genesis 2 verses 1 through 3, the word Sabbath isn't used, but the, 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 uh, the verb, Shabbat, to, to stop or to, to rest is used that on the seventh day God uh, rests, and in when when read against the temple and tabernacle accounts in Exodus and in First Kings, in Isaiah, in the Psalms, um, uh, Ezekiel, uh, Zechariah, like all these these uh, descriptions of the temple. When we take those into consideration, uh, when we take into consideration creation uh, uh, stories from Mesopotamia and the way um, creation and temple building are one in the same, we start to notice that Genesis really is, Genesis 1, 1 1 through 2, 3 is really a, a story about God creating a temple where he wherein he can take up residence. That's what the rest of God is all about. Exodus 20 makes that explicit. But my point is, if you're, if you're not lost, let me try to clarify. The, the idea here is that the Sabbath uh, in Genesis, uh, the, or, the, or I'm sorry, the rest of God in Genesis is all about God coming to take up residence in his temple. That's the idea. And that's why Jesus will seem to be breaking Sabbath, but it's almost like Jesus is saying, you know, my father doesn't rest. He's always at work. He'll say things like that. Uh, The idea is uh, uh, the blind uh, need sight. The lame need healing. Uh, uh, People need forgiveness. Hungry people need food. Um, And so the Sabbath is all about that. It's about what it looks like when God comes to take up residence in his temple, which is all creation. So Jesus embodies what it looks like for God to rest or take up rest in creation. And so the idea that you could, could reduce the Sabbath to just your own relaxation or your own, um, you know, like law to be kept or just a law to be kept is to violate it. But Mm. that's challenging because it seems like if you just follow the laws, you'll be in good shape. So Jesus is like he always does. He's pushing people to look at the intention. Uh, Sabbath is all about people being cared for. And that's going to complicate things. And I, I realize Uh, There are all kinds of books out there, A.J. Swoboda, Marva Dawn, Walter Brueggemann, even people are reading Abraham Heschel's amazing little book on the Sabbath. And there's an interest in Sabbath. But the challenge, I think, will be to see that this is bigger. Given Jesus is coming, it's much bigger than just a day set aside. It speaks to a reality which has uh, come to pass in Jesus Christ uh so i don't know if i've lost everyone but um but i think that's why jesus is pushing pushing back he's saying you can't just quote observe it you have to get it you have to embody it you have to you have to sense what it was pointing toward
1: yeah jason well let me let me ask this and if this is too far afield we can shelf this and talk about it later but You kind of, you know, we've alluded a couple times here and and stated directly at the beginning that um, observance of the Sabbath is becoming uh, very intriguing to people again. And I'm not trying to take a hammer to that one way or the other. No, it's necessary in a lot of of respects. But, you know, let, let, let me read a couple quotes for you. Yes. And then maybe you can respond and sort of contextualize these. Because I I think of the early church writings, and of course, they're not scripture, but these are, um, you know, leaders, spiritual leaders who are very close to the disciples, in some cases, knew them personally, were trained by them specifically. And so here's just a couple of quotes in response to... The Sabbath, um, you have Ignatius writing in around 105 AD, maybe a little earlier than that. Um, He says, uh, no longer observing the Sabbath, but we live in observance of the Lord's day. So he makes it clear that Christians are no longer observing the Sabbath. Um, We have Aristides writing around 125 However, the Jews, too, have erred from the true knowledge in their imagination. They think that it is God whom they serve. Actually, by their type of worship, they render their service to the angels and not to God. For example, they do this when they celebrate Sabbaths. Oh,
2: interesting. And
1: then um, Justin Martyr, writing in 160 AD, says, uh, you, uh, he's he's addressing a particular person, he says, Uh, You, a Jew, now have need of a second circumcision, although you glory greatly in the flesh. Uh, The new law requires you to keep a perpetual Sabbath. However, you, because you are idle for one day, suppose you are godly. The Lord our God does not take pleasure in such observances. If there is any perjured person or a thief among you, let him cease to be so. Then he has kept the sweet and true Sabbaths of God. And he goes on to say, there was no need of circumcision before Abraham, nor was there need of the observance of Sabbaths or of feasts and sacrifices before Moses. Accordingly, there is no need of them now. And these are just representative of... Um, yeah. Dozens of oh. writings and quotes from the early church. So, how do we process that with what what was believed about Sabbath, what the Bible says about it, what Jesus um, is doing here, what what Paul and New Testament writers would do with Sabbath, and and how people are approaching it today? Is that way too big of a question to well? I,
2: it's right now? the the early church uh, stuff is is well beyond my pay grade, um, uh, only because I'm not. You know, I'm immersed in that literature, but I do know there is an anxiety about, about Sabbath and whether or not it's a good one I can't, I can't speak to. I love that last quote you just read because I think that gets the, the idea here is that um, it, the, the challenge is—and uh, we can come back and have a discussion about how should a Christian observe a day uh, of rest— uh, because let me just go on record and saying, like, I am not opposed to that. I do that. My, me and my wife do that. Right. We have for a long time. Like, it, you know, in our like breakneck speed, consumer driven, like efficiency driven, productivity driven society, especially with ministers, uh, a Sabbath, uh, like Walter Brueggemann says, is resistance. It's a way of of. Uh, giving authority back to God and not, not allowing society to dictate our lives and shape our understanding of self. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in for that. But we can't stop there because the New Testament teaching on Sabbath, and I'll argue the old as well, given how uh, this plays out, especially in the creation account, um, is that Sabbath is an, an indication of a larger reality. And you said circumcision. So is circumcision. So is the tabernacle and the temple. So is the land. These are all key identity markers. So is the, the food menu, right? All of these things that tell you you're a good, uh, observant Jew. Uh, Jesus is like, those things are pointing to a bigger reality. Now, Matthew, when he gives the account, he, he actually, uh, he goes He goes a little further, so he gives the story of David. But then he's like, or have you not read that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple are working on the Sabbath and you don't have a problem with the priests? They're hard at work on the Sabbath. And his point is like the temple sanctifies them. Because they're working in the temple, we don't have a problem with it. He says, well, I'm better in the temple. <laughs> the temple was pointing to me. And so there's this like um, expanding. It's almost like the day of rest is like Jesus comes along and breathes into it six more days. So it's expanded to be all time. And that's the idea. Sabbath is the rest of God, which will consume all of creation. And that's already begun in the person of Jesus. So that we could take a day of rest. We could take a day off. Here's my challenge to, uh, to, to folks like me who do take a day of rest. We could take a day of rest. But we can't, by that day off, imagine we've understood or fulfilled what Sabbath means, which is to free the oppressed and to anticipate the rest of God in giving it out, in embodying it in our own lives. So that's the danger with moving back toward um. I've given this analogy before, and I probably make a lot of enemies for this by talking about things this way. But imagine you're driving down the road. Um, Let's say for me, I'm headed to Mount Rainier, which you don't really need a sign for going to Mount Rainier because you can see it from everywhere here. But uh, you see a sign on the road that says Mount Rainier 12 miles ahead. You don't pull over and stop at the sign and not go on to Mount Rainier. You don't just like say, oh, look, here's a sign from Mount Rainier. Let's camp out here. <laughs> like you take the sign as pointing beyond itself to Mount Rainier. That's something like what Sabbath is, according to Jesus. Um, as challenging as that may be, given our new settled, uh, settling into new traditions and rhythms, we have to come back and do business with the Extent and expansiveness of Sabbath according to Jesus Christ. He'll even go on to say, "I am Sabbath," right? Matthew eleven, "I am the rest of God. Come to me, and I will give you rest." Uh, so, so Jesus really does a number on Sabbath. So we can't imagine now that by observing Sabbath, uh, we've we've done uh, on a day we've done all that Sabbath intends. So this is Jesus's way. He just pushes beneath the surface. So I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense or am I Yeah, I no, like it, it does.
1: And well, you do sound like a lunatic, but yes. not for that reason. Okay. Um, but I think the uh, I think you've hit on what the early church was getting at, which is um they weren't just wiping away the idea of Sabbath and saying, "Oh, it was a mistake." They're saying it it is now here. It's arrived in the life of Christ, in the new creation. And is to be lived out every single day, yes, and then right. it, it seems to me that Paul's position on this was um, was that that yes, Christ is our Sabbath rest. That we so there is no need for those sorts of festivals or days. But at the same time, if people wanted to observe them, he gave Absolutely. them room to Absolutely. do that. Yep. But where where Paul would say, okay, the boundary is, is you can't look down on those who don't. You can't judge them. You can't try to force them to do this. You can't put them in a second-class state or say that they're uh, lesser than than you are. And, and in some ways, he, he does call those who don't need to observe those things or don't uh, want to observe them to give room to protect the sensitivities of those who do, but there's a mutual love there. Um, and so it would it would seem like those who want to—I uh, love what you're saying, you know, taking a day of rest is great. Don't imagine, though, that that's quite exactly what Sabbath was in, in the Old Testament law. Or what it's um, become want,
2: in Christ. Or what right? it's
1: become in Christ. Right. Um, and I think we need to pursue it and fulfill it in Christ. Uh, we don't need to pursue the Old Testament law version of Sabbath, although I suppose if somebody uh, wanted to, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, it's it's unnecessary as long as they're not replacing um, what we have in Christ, right, right. And, and and those who want to you know observe a day of rest, that's great, but I do see some people sort of slipping into a little bit of like, well, we understand a little more about scriptures and the Jewishness of the culture than you do. and I I do think it's vital to, understand, you know, we don't have time to dive into this too deeply, but, um you know, well, I I am right on board with people who are like, hey, when we read the Bible, we need to understand the Eastern mindsets and the Jewish culture behind much of what's done and and thought and yeah, and that helps sure. us understand Scripture. Sure. That's some of what we do here. Um, although I think we try to really include the Greco-Roman and the full cultural uh, attache of the time. But I don't see anywhere in the New Testament where it's making an attempt to drive us into Jewish culture or practice or, uh, you know, so it's a tool to understand scriptures to apply to our context today, but not necessarily, I, I don't see anywhere where the point is like now go you know, embrace some of the Jewish practices and feasts and festivals and uh, language and, and that sort of thing. Yeah,
2: right, right. Right? Yeah, I mean, Paul to the Gentiles will say, like, circumcision won't help you. Um, and that sounds blasphemous because there would be Jewish Christians who would still practice that yeah. as, a, as a form of identity. I think I think the, the, the danger is with anything, don't swap out the sign for Mount Rainier for Mount Rainier. Right. Yes. Don't don't swap out the day for the right. creation wide reality in that's been inaugurated in Jesus Christ. And I'll say it again because I I'm, I'm sure I'm glad I don't get the emails. If we, you know people are not listening, they're probably going to hear me hear me wrong. But I practice a day of rest in our society. I think it's vital that we have boundaries that we no learn doubt. to rest. But but my point is like we have to deal with the extent to which this teaching is brought up. Jesus and So Matthew, here's here's my
1: question. Sorry, yeah. here's my question. Should a day of rest be called Sabbath? Yeah, I or think is that confusing? I think that's fine, especially
2: because it's anticipatory of the Sabbath, which we imagine has arrived in Christ. Like, and and so I think we take a day of rest. I think where it gets weird is when we start to build up all kinds of hedges. Like, I don't, you know, like what it means now for me Sabbath is I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't do that thing too. Um, or you know, I I watch movies and that's that's like okay, that's great, that's what you do on your day of rest. But when you call it a Sabbath, bring on board. The, the expansiveness of that idea. Um, it, when Jesus in Matthew, he quotes Hosea 6, he says, go figure out, you know, they're challenging him. Same, same story. They're challenging what the disciples are doing on Sabbath. And Jesus says, go figure out what this means. And he quotes Hosea 6, 6. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Go look at the, the Sabbath through that lens, right? Go, go look at it through the lens of like, this is the idea of giving rest for all humanity, not just a day off. I don't think anyone yeah. would put it as just a day off. But uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 a lot of people around me here take a Sabbath, um, and and we have in our community here, we have actual people who are Jewish, like they're they were born and raised, you know, speaking Hebrew and observes, you know, the the festivals and and Sabbath and. And I'm so grateful for that perspective because I think it helps us enter into how Jesus really, man. He takes something that you'd think would just be a day to be kept. He's like, no, this is a reality that is yeah. good for everybody. So, uh, yeah.
1: And, and I and I will point out that the early church. Um, Went to kind of a bad place, and, and eventually, what over the, the centuries, in the that. way, well, with the way they characterized the Jews, I think they got very antagonistic, yep. rather than trying to invite them in, and, and rather than I think lovingly explaining some of the I've differences and why they they um, increasingly went to a us versus them mentality. Which fed into some of that, but I I, I realize I kind of jumped us into the taking a selfie mode when I yeah, asked. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Gianna's nodding. She's like, "Yeah, you jumped ahead a step." <laughs> sorry,
2: Gianna, <And> I... <laughs> I haven't given you a second to jump in. I'm so sorry. I've been talking like, that's
1: that's what I was going to say is, is if, as we are in, take a selfie or even move into our final step of application with the kingdom come like, gee, what are, what are your thoughts here?
0: Oh, sheesh. Um, you know, to be honest, Sabbath is something I have lightly touched on studying so far. Um, and has been as of late, something I wanted to look into. So I think, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where I begin. Like (laughs) I've heard a lot of people talk about taking that day, but not in the way that I think Jason, you've enlightened my thinking in the sense of it's got to be more than just a rest for myself. Like it's much bigger than just a day of rest for me. So I'm, I'm just now it's like, I feel like I have to start from the beginning. Like Like I said, from the beginning of this episode, what stood out to me with reading glasses on was the word Sabbath. Do I know what it means? And I think this passage has challenged me to to still ask the same question. Do I understand it? Because it seems to be important to Jesus, enough for him to say, like, Lord of the Sabbath. You know, that's not even something I paid attention to in that passage before. So, um, you know, obviously, Jesus is Lord of my life. And I take that seriously. What does Lord of the Sabbath mean to me as someone that follows him? So I'm not really getting to the kingdom come part, Michael, just because I feel a little wrapped up in where am I at with all this? Do I even understand where I'm at or what it means? Um, So as I I mean, for the church as a whole to figure out where we go next, I feel like that's going to be a massive undertaking. (laughs) Seems pretty involved.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and let me come back. I forgot to mention this. Like the, the basic argument Jesus makes here is not about whether one should or shouldn't observe the Sabbath. Uh, you should. <laughs> like, and Jesus does, right? I mean, it, it, we can read. He, he does that. That's, uh, that's his way. Um, uh, it, but, but the statement is more like Jesus is bigger than the Sabbath. Holy cow. Jesus is bigger than the temple. Jesus is bigger than uh you know the, the land. I mean J- Jesus has jurisdiction over these things that we thought were settled. Um now I don't think ever I don't think uh you know a a, a you know anyone imagine their set. I think everyone who observes Sabbath understands, I hope they do, that it's a it's an indication of a future, not just an end in its, itself. Um but I would you know I would recommend it's been more than a decade. I was an undergrad when I read Abraham Heschel's The Sabbath, but it's stuck with me. It's small, it's dense, but it's worth a read. Um, uh, but then I think also like this biblical theological uh, wrestling with Sabbath, there's a, f- a few easy to read books that will likely blow your mind. Um uh, uh, John Levinson's creation and the persistence of evil, he gets into this, uh, God taming chaos and taking up rest. Um, and so that, that causes us now to wrestle with what would it mean for God to to rest on the seventh day? Um, also John Walton's little book on, uh, Genesis, the lost world of Genesis. Michael, you've read Hmm. that, haven't you?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. And
2: yeah. That, that's a great, like it's, it's more dealing with uh biblical text than the theology of the Sabbath, but it gives you a sense in how Sabbath develops from the story of creation. And I think, you know, gathering all of that up and then these great books like the Sabbath, or I mentioned like AJ Swoboda's book, like there's, there's a lot of great stuff out there for practicing a day of rest. Um, my, my message would be mingle that with the big, huge implications of Sabbath. You know, your personal hmm. rest with the, the uh, what that means in the long haul.
1: And and I'll just say what I what I love there, Jason, and what I think I see reflected in some of Paul's writings as he's bringing Jews and Gentiles together in the church, and certainly not to that degree but i think on on some of this as far as like practice um you and i come down in different places like you observe a day of rest uh we don't do that as as a practice and yeah. yet we both pursue sabbath in in there you, go. you know different ways um and i and i think that's the key yeah. but i i, I think I would come down and say, if somebody finds a benefit to utilizing some of the Jewish practices to help them focus spiritually, as long as they understand, uh, I would say that those things are not necessary. They're not vital. They are a road sign. And I guess if you want to take the road sign and put it in the car with you and keep driving to the location, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Right. That's uh, and, yeah. I'm not putting that down at all. You just want to, you know, that helps you. Um, then, then that's great. Um, right. Do that. I wouldn't want to put that person down. But don't imagine that you have to. Certainly don't imagine that other people have to or that it's a – a higher level of spirituality. I think this is a lot of what Paul is getting at in Romans with the strong and the weak groups who are coming down in different places. I think the weak were a combination of Jewish believers and uh, probably some Gentiles who felt like they needed to follow the Jewish law. And Paul points out that they don't really need to do that. Yeah, uh, but pretty they Pretty strongly,
2: he points that pretty out. Pretty strongly, yeah, but then he
1: also puts on the other group. But you need to welcome them in and accept absolutely. them, and and be sensitive to that. And the biggest thing is, don't start looking down on one another. Don't start judging I, I, I love one it. another.
2: I, Mike, I I I'm I think I'm of the same mind as you, and and I think, um, the. Um, you know the the larger discussion you know lurking beneath the surface here for a lot of a lot of people is what is the role of the law or torah in the church and i think both you and i are saying we believe the law the torah must be fulfilled in the life of the christian it must be in that sense kept but what we're saying is the way it's kept is um, it's been nuanced a bit with Jesus Christ. The way the law is thoroughly good and and uh, is is vital for the life of a Christian. But the way that law is interpreted and kept uh, is different uh, in the church than it was before Jesus Christ. And so I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that like the law was for the Jews and it's it's over. Uh, that would be way too simplistic. Uh, a way of putting, it. and we probably need to, if this was interested, and you get feedback, we probably need to just, at some point, have a discussion about that. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, or as Paul would say in Galatians, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision nor un- anything, exactly. what what yeah. matters is the new creation. It's yes, it's living yes, out yes. the new creation. So no, that's that's been fantastic. I know uh, it's. It's a challenge because any one of these episodes, we feel like we could stop and do a a multi part series on these. But again, do this study uh, along with us. If you have any insights uh, or questions, you know, hit us up. And as as we do come to a close, uh, gee, I just want to mention that as this episode has gone on, uh, I I would note that. Behind you, there seems to be another human being, and I hope that that is someone that should be in your house. Um-
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a tall man, dark lanky. No, he's yeah, there for definitely-
1: the Airbnb, oh, right? There, yeah. there he is. It's your husband. There you go. Um- Reggie's
0: in the background here, just throwing stuff at me points he wants to make, I'm like, do you want me to phone a friend right now? Because uh, that's <laughs> well, that- why,
1: why but, did Reggie not just join the episode? That's right. He
0: came in like three minutes after we started, you know, and I don't know. We were like, ah, eh, maybe next time. But I mean, he brought up some good points that we don't have time to go over, but talking about Hebrews four, one through 13. Yes. 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 And now I have a lot of questions as he's trying yes. to talk to me about this. Um, and then he's talking about just uh, what is it, Second Peter participating with God um, in the divine nature? So there's so much, obviously, oh, it seems like yeah. this topic we could get into. And um maybe we'll see a guest appearance by the Reggie Hearn, the man of my life, the father of the seed that we have Wait, now told make the it world happen,
1: about. Captain. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> can can we just back up to the Reggie Hearn? Is, okay. Is-
0: is I couldn't think they've been cool. There was gonna let, be something before
1: let, let, let me ask you, Gianna. D- is that what Reggie calls himself? Does he <laughs> refer to himself in the third person?
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, he's he's not that big headed. We you know, he's close, one step away, but no, he's not there. No, I was going right. to say like the one and only re but nothing came out except for the Reggie. So I don't know what that's all about. Okay. Well,
1: I think we will definitely return to this topic of uh, the law and the Sabbath in market. We'll come up again. And so we'll, we'll have That's to, true. yeah, we'll have to make a note of it and make sure that we return to this discussion and answer some of those uh, great questions.
0: All right, Jason, great study. We appreciate your insights. If you guys are listening to our podcast and you'd like it, we'd like it. If you would like, comment or subscribe or even leave us a review. You can also send us a note to iconpodcast at gmail.com. That's E-I-K-O-N podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to reach us. And, you know, we want to hear your feedback. If you want to send us a short little video, maybe within 30 seconds, we'd love to. If we can play some audio, we want to make this interactive. So... Please send us the emails. We'll send it straight to Jason. He'll answer you directly. <laughs> uh, again, we'd like to thank our producer, Dave, Derek Schneider, and Delanoise Productions for our music. It's been a good one, guys. We'll catch everyone next week.